0: Welcome to this week's episode of Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. Today I'm talking with my friend Mary McKenzie about the Tarot. Yeah, we talked a while, so grab a cuppa, gear up for a longer walk, get comfortable. Hello, and welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker-Goins, and this is my podcast in which I talk about metaphysical topics that are catching my attention. You can find me on the web at bluelightninghealing.com. You can contact me at susie at bluelightninghealing.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, hit the support button, share with your friends, share the love. Thanks. And here we go. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, an energy healer, and a guide. I am back again with my fabulous friend, Mary McKenzie. One of the, oh my God, I am so happy to know you. And I'm so glad that at some point we actually get to see each other. That makes me very happy, like face to face. I met Mary at at an in-person event. She's not a pandemic pal. She's a tarot reader. In the course of our conversations, Mary has said, oh yeah, I do all kinds of other stuff, which shouldn't surprise me, but she's going to help me focus on divination today. So
1: here's Mary. Tell us about yourself, Mary. Thank my you. name is Mary McKenzie. I am a Wiccan high priestess and a tarot reader. I've been doing both for almost 40 years now. Hmm, what do I not do? <laughs> I, I noticing as my life is progressing in the, and my career is progressing in this that I am moving more and more toward the, the meaning of what all this stuff is that we're going through in life. And so that's what I like to try to focus on in my tarot readings is what the heck is going on with you and how does it interweave with everything else that's going on in your life and other people and situations and what you're creating and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I'm here to talk about. And, you know, we can talk a little bit about my tarot experience, but I can also talk a little bit about other forms of divination that I've learned over many, many years through many wonderful teachers that I've had. I've been very blessed to have that experience. So, and Susie is in that category. She has also taught me a lot, most specifically about clairvoyance because she's pretty amazing when it comes to that. So. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Thank now you. I'm going to blush. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay. And, and your business is called the miniature witch.
1: miniature witch yeah yeah it's miniature and then witch with a y w-i-t-c-h-e so just of for course fun. that link is going to be in in
0: the description box and all yeah that.
1: i'm on instagram and on facebook you can find me as mary mckenzie on facebook um i'm easier to find on instagram is as, as at miniature witch and the link to my website which will tell you everything i can do is on both sites
0: cool is there enough bandwidth to list all the things that you can do because as we're sitting here prior to recording you're like yeah i can do this i can do tea leaves scrying astrology it's like wow this is cool i love it (laughs) i know enough about some things just to cause trouble but to actually be comfortable and use them yeah that's not happening just yet (laughs) yeah but the capacity I met you in was as a tarot reader. And I remember our readings as being straightforward. You don't sugarcoat stuff. I don't see you pussyfooting around anybody else during a reading, but you're straightforward. And you say, this is what I'm seeing. And this is what's what, and it's, it's accurate. And it's still very helpful with, with divination in general. How do you define divination? Is it fortune-telling? Is it all set in stone,
1: the future and all that? How do you see it? Divination to me is a tool and it's comes in many forms. I think we started doing divination as human beings quite a long time ago, oh, yeah. actually several thousand years ago, because what I teach in my classes is that it it came about because we didn't really understand what was going on in the natural world. We didn't have science like we have it now. So we started to come up with things that would tell us what was going on. Why did the sun come up every morning? Why did the moon shine bright at certain times of the month and at other times didn't, you know, what did that all mean? What what did eclipses mean? And why, you know, why all of a sudden did we not see light and then see light again? If you can imagine back in those periods, that must have been pretty scary. We were really different as human beings. And so we needed to, to understand what was going on around us. And so over time and with the fantastic use of artistry and imagination, we were able to figure out ways to link up to the spirit world and the, our ancestors and those that are on the other side of the veil that wanna help us, wanna to, want to give us information. At least most of them, of course, there's always the, the other realms that wanna just cause trouble. They're there too. And it's important to understand that when you look into doing divination is that not everybody is there to Help you Because divination is a bridge from this world, the physical world into the spirit world, all the forms. That's their major link is that I want to find out something from here. I'm going to go there to find it out or to at least to get a better idea of what is going on or what can help me or that kind of thing. And so Again, it's important to understand that you're that once you open that door, just about anything can come in. And so it's also important to understand that when you do divination, you want to make sure that you're protected because if something comes in that isn't something you wanna hear, and not necessarily because, oh, I don't want to know because I'm in denial. Not I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that just want to cause problems and usually people that are seeking someone who knows divination they've got enough problems to begin with they don't need more problems but anyway getting back to the history of it that's that's pretty much why and how it started and then you get into all the reasons why humans felt it was useful as we evolve one of the more famous things that you can find out about and it's really fascinating talk about a rabbit hole (laughs) (laughs) how many famous quote unquote people over the centuries have consulted with those that they felt had gifts. In ancient, ancient times, those that had gifts were seen as sacred people who were talked to 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 gain insight. I mean, they they were pampered, they were looked up to. But then of course, as their skills got better, And we started to fall into more and more of our ego mind and greed and corruption started to take over humanity. Then fear came in. And so these people were no longer revered. They started to be feared. And so then you get into the whole period in history where we were persecuted and killed. Yeah, well,
0: and in in ancient Greek mythology or stories you've got the prophet the the seer who says oh yeah you're going to kill your father and marry your mother or Mm -hmm. you know you're going to fall in love with somebody and you're going to kill her anyway by mistake and and while it all played out that that brings up that question of that was destiny or fate true Mm -hmm. it's a story whether it really happened or not but they have that sense of inevitability to it and now I, you know, with quantum mechanics and stuff, we can see that we have infinite number of possibilities in front of us. But with the ancient Greeks, there was, oh, who was the blind one in the Argo story? I don't
1: remember his name, but I know you're talking Arst- about.
0: Aristos, Aristos, something, I don't know. Somebody can correct me in whatever comment box we have. He was blind and he was punished because he was telling the truth and nobody yeah. wanted to believe him. And now yes. true... That shows the hubris of the hero, that fatal pride, that they had. What we had, we had the oracle at Delphi. That's the one that comes to who else? And so there's a lot of examples of seers or prophets.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible was another yeah. one that was shut down because of the fact that he could really actually see what was going on. Edgar Casey had problems in in the beginning too. People that had a true gift who could really see beyond the veil, had to be careful because, you know, depending on what period in history you were born, you were going to get one kind of reaction or another. And, you know, there's always the naysayers, of course, that's the balance, you know, there's going to be those that think, well, you're just making up stories, you're just playing on people's minds, imaginations. But if we didn't have our mind, and we didn't have our imagination, we wouldn't be able to do the psychic arts that's part of all of that it's it, it can be a slippery slope i i really i'm not interested in pandering to anybody who doesn't really believe in this cuz they're going to come to it any way they want any way they can but i'm also not here to only talk to people who believe if if i can bridge a gap where somebody's going well you know there might be something to this um talk to me more then that's what i'm here for is is to a help people to understand that it's actually a part of human nature and being human. so technically it's scientific um and so it's not something to be afraid of it's it's a part of natural life to be able to see forward see backward but then there really is no linear time so to understand that and divination is also really important that what you're seeing is something that's already occurred or already is occurring, or you're, you're not seeing something that's going to happen. It's happened. You've created it already. You're just popping yourself out and going, Oh, I forgot about that. Let's pull that in. (laughs) And I, I tell people that I'm like, there you're, it's already there. You, it's just when you're ready to, to open the door and experience it.
0: Like with affirmations, I, yeah. I talked to Wyatt Larson about affirmations as a means to help one work through shadow work. Affirmations, you state them when they're as as if they are present and right now. So I am, yeah. I have, you, you state it in the present tense and it adds power to it the more times you repeat it, and the more emotions you have for it. And also I see Tarot as it gives one an external focus, Yes. To, to look and identify symbols like this is what this one means to me. And then that, that allows kind of on the fence kind of sitter to look at it. And I said, no, look, see, I'm seeing it right here. But then I'm also talking to guides left and right mm-hmm. so we can expound on that. And I find that to be a, a really illuminating part because I read Tarot intuitively. I tried to memorize the books, but then I got bored with that. So like numerology, I know maybe what four numbers mean. And that's about it. So that'll be another thing i start looking at because I know it can enhance my abilities. I I agree with the fact that time is happening all at once and that we're just focusing on a particular point in time at any given moment. So Mm -hmm. the past is something we see as the past, even though it may be happening right now. So that has a big impact on our experience. You were the one who said that we are seeing life through the eyes of God. What is it?
1: We are, we are the eyes and ears of God. As as divine beings, we are experiencing, we're having this experience and we're experiencing it for God because God, the light, the all, the I am wanted to have this experience. That's why it was created. And it, and it is finite. We are moving on from it and into something else. And that's why everything's blowing up in crazy pants right now because we're waking up. And shift. we're realizing that we need to move on and, or move forward or move into something else. Yeah. And so it's shift. kind of shake everything up. So,
0: so how can yeah. divination help with that, with this big shift, the waking up?
1: The way I find it useful for myself and for other people when they talk to me about it is that it helps to clarify what your specific awakening is about. Because we're all waking up right now. And as we wake up, we create things to remind us. It's like the cosmic sticky note board. And we don't, (laughs) we forgot it it was there. So now we're waking up and we're going, oh, my sticky board notes, my my chalkboard, my note. What is it I have in the kitchen I use for my groceries, my, my market whiteboard. My reminders, we're waking up and we're seeing what we're doing. And divination reminds you of what you're doing. It can ping you on things that you forgot about. And what's nice about having a reader do this is that anything sometimes outside of yourself can trigger things inside of you that you're like, oh, okay. I never would have thought about that myself. Dreams do that too. I do dream divination also. I just did a post this morning on my Instagram page about a weird dream I had that was about me not being able to get something done that I wanted to get done because everyone around me was controlling it for me. And they thought that they were doing me a favor by controlling it for me. And so the message I pulled through from that was, look at all of the things that we've created that are now controlling things for us to make things easier and more convenient for us. and But really be careful because you're also letting go of your ability to make choices because your choices are now being made for you (laughs) and to be very discerning as to what you choose in that. And how I tie divination into that is, depending on the divination technique you choose. And some are more powerful than others at seeing certain things. It's really what you want to know about. They can see where you're compromising your choices, choosing things that really aren't choices, but just your nose being led down the garden path because somebody told you that that was what you should do. And of course, technically speaking, you are making a choice choosing to follow what someone else is telling you to do yeah it's just more complicated why do we want to make things more complicated so (laughs) because that's what we
0: do okay but that's related to that dream yeah let's see historical context people have used it i'm glad you brought up edgar casey he was one of the the people i read about that really started me on this path it's, it's amazing, and yeah, he was almost like, oh past lives. Ooh, medical intuition. Ooh, 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 all mm-hmm. that. Where can we go now?" So you've defined it. It is a means to tap in. I guess a means to tap into one's inner knowing. Yes, and it's nothing's written in stone.
1: No, no, because it's all fluid. It's really good to meditate on the ocean. I've been spending a lot of time near the water lately. To relax, obviously, I, I have a pretty stressful job, but also to listen, because the mother's waves cause you to listen to yourself. You can often be your own divination tool just by listening to your inner self, your inner voice, your heart, instead of all the chatter, that's trying to control you back to that again. So yeah. using,
0: using your body,
1: that's mm-hmm. interesting,
0: because that you could use applied kinesiology, which you're using your body as a pendulum to tell you what's what.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. Your body's very effective at that actually. If you take the time to listen to it and let it tell you what to do rather than you doing that, you can be pretty surprised. i am actually just started on that journey because I've got some medical issues that have cropped up because of gaining some weight over the pandemic last year. And so I am looking at my choices on how to deal with that. And of course, I was tempted to do the whole, oh, let's get out and exercise and lose that weight. And it's not to say that's bad. Of course it's not. But I decided to take my mental frame of mind into that instead of just following what everybody else says to do. And my mind was telling me that there were a lot of things that I wasn't ready yet to do. And I had to take, take that in, into account because anytime that I would try to plow forward, like all of us fire signs do, <laughs> instead of taking a few minutes to breathe and pay attention and listen first, I would often get stopped, wouldn't work. I'd have to cancel things because I just wasn't ready yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking a different take on that. And again, my, my divination skills that I personally use for me, a lot of it is tarot. Sometimes it's other things, but I use those tools to get more specific information for myself as to, okay, I feel this, what does it mean specifically? Can I get more information on that? And that's, that's where I go with that. So, Okay. How did you get involved with tarot? Tarot? Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting story briefly quickly i can just say that i was i love art i'm not an artist i draw stick figures but you know i love art i i greatly appreciate art um it very much inspires me and i've noticed that it also triggers my psychic skills a lot oh, so uh, i started looking at tarot cards and just loved i love that they were small in a box they had all these different pictures that just elicited all these different feelings out of me because I'm just like a super empath. So I went with a friend one day to a store that had different tarot decks. And she said, now the deck chooses you, you know, to sound like Harry Potter with the wand. (laughs) And it is true, it's it's true um, because I've been given decks that I've had to give away because they weren't really mine. So I went in with her and just looked at all of them. It took me a long time but I finally found a deck that I really liked. Uh, my first deck was the Aquarian Tarot deck, which is still in print. It's it's kind of a 1970s take on medieval art. <laughs> yes. I'm from the 70s. Okay. I was like,
0: entertaining.
1: Well, <laughs> I can dig on this. So that was my first deck. And so I, you know, I jumped into all of the, the classical instructions what do the cards mean thing but i i took many many classes on the tarot because i'm a firm believer in just because you take a class you take one class you're done you know everything about it no oh, no 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 <laughs> i i take classes all the time because the teachers are always going to bring something new to it yeah that i didn't see before and that's what i did was i started to take classes and and what I understood from all of these classes, bottom line was that tarot is a springboard um, that you can use to kind of waft yourself into the spirit world. And once I really got into that part of it, then I realized, oh, I'm not just reading the tarot cards and their meetings and saying, okay, you have, here's the moon card. That means there's lots of illusion in your life. Really? what was going on was that I was learning about my abilities, my psychic abilities yeah. and what I could do for people. So now I, I'll pull out the, the tarot deck and we'll, we'll talk about the reading, but really it just opens things up for me to be able to see a lot, hear a lot, feel a lot more for the client so I can
0: really help them out. I learned how to read tarot like in my late 20s.
1: Yeah, that's about how old I was. I was wow. 23, 24 years old. Wow.
0: That's going to put me like at ooh, 40 years. No, no, 30 mm-hmm. years. Okay, never mind. However long But long? Yeah, took you're a younger class. than
1: me, I think. <laughs> a little bit. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> However that works out. But as I learned, I took this class at one of those continuing ed places. And then I took my deck with me to work.
1: And I mm-hmm. worked at
0: TGI Friday's corporate office in Dallas. And I'd go into everybody's cues. like I got some cards here. Let me toss them. And it turns out it was good. Oh, it was so fun. It was so fun. I I figured out that I was good, but I also figured out that while a textbook interpretation, what the book may say about a card is Mm -hmm. not always true. There was this woman, I pulled the three of swords with her and in the Rider wait? It's the heart with the three swords in it.
1: it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I said, yeah, textbook, textbook. See, I don't even remember what it is. And then I looked and what I got was that, no, that's not right. That doesn't apply to her. And so I said, wait, that's not the right interpretation. You're really sensitive. And every time somebody cracks a joke around you, you, it really hurts you. And she burst into tears. And Mm -hmm. that's when I got that I admit that guilty thrill of, I got it right, I made them cry, <laughs> which is really not, oh, well, pro tip, I just exposed. <laughs> but when, I, when you can evoke that sort of emotion, I got to really backpedal on this one yeah. you now. <laughs> yeah. when I, I hit on it like that, it not only changed my attitude about how to read the tarot, it certainly changed my interaction with that, with that woman and everything was so much nicer and stuff like that. But it is, it is so eye-opening when, when you can look at a card and get that clarity from it i have taught one tarot class and my first statement was to all these people "is like throw away the book and they all just visibly deflated because you could see them all like okay that's that card she could flip the page and look at it and that was when my daughter was at and she was tossing down magical creature cards and started talking i had no idea where it was coming from but she was so spot on it was so cool. So it opens the door for a whole lot of clarity, self-examination. True, there are those days when I pull a card and go, nah, I don't want to look at that one. <laughs> and I Pull another card that has the same message. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I've also learned that if cards fall out during a reading, those are bonus cards and you read them. And, and card at the bottom the-
1: of the deck is important to look at. Also. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Um, I've been told, I call it the bonus card because I didn't exactly understand until recently what the shadow card, what that phrase meant.
1: Yeah, it can be extremely insightful to look at that card because if you've got a reading that you're just not completely clear on it, if you turn that deck over and look at the bottom of that, that bottom card, that's usually spirit going wham, bam, a llama here. This, that's what it really means. Duh. And I know with me, I don't know about my clients, but I know with me, when I do that, I'm like, you knew, (laughs) you knew, you knew. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes it can be so beautiful that you just, you cry like your three of swords situation where you've got this and, you know, your first inclination is to go here and you might be in that position in your life where you're going, oh god i've had so much of this please why you know and then you turn that deck over and you see that bottom card and spirit goes but wait don't go jump off a cliff because really it's it's this go look at this for a while go go meditate on this it's because really that's what's going on that's nice
0: okay now i know there's a difference between tarot cards and oracle cards
1: yes yes
0: tarot has got the suits and the major arcana, and oracle cards are generally standalone cards. Interestingly enough, I have a deck called the psychic tarot, which is in fact an oracle deck. So Interesting. Really, yeah, I know. It was like John Holland, which is the name of a guy I knew in college, and it was like, is that? No, that's not him, but that's a whole another thing, but um, tarot and oracle cards. Tarot cards have got the four suits, and that mm-hmm. can be any sort of combination of what, pinnacles, swords, wands, or cups, or any kind of corresponding air, fire, earth, and water. The artwork on so many decks is so fascinating. The rider weight is very basic. That's the one that uses the four suits. I, that one was made up in, what, the 30s? Yes. And yeah. even then, it was a reinterpretation of other cards that have come about.
1: Yeah, the earlier decks. The earliest decks were made for the nobility, they think, in, in Italy. And some of the, the divination aspects were pulled from uh, not only organized religion like Catholicism, but uh, also from some Egyptian symbolism because that was brought from the the Knights Templar and the people who went to those areas to looking for the Holy Grail or, you know, that, that whole thing. That's how all of that Eastern... Philosophy was pulled into Europe and then it kind of sifted its way into different types of magic. They, they sort of combined because Europe, Northern Europe, Indo- Indo-European areas were influenced by that, but they had their own traditions also. All of it kind of melded together. The, the tarot was the result of a lot of different things coming together and finally coming into. And the, the, the Raiderweight weight deck that we know of now was a creation of several individuals who were schooled in the arts of what we call high magic or ceremonial magic. And so they were pulling those symbols from their ability to move into the etheric realms and other places in their magical practices. It's complicated. When Pamela Coleman Smith created that deck, it was at the suggestion of uh, Raider Waite telling her what to do. But then she took what he said and expanded it a lot. So that's why it's important to acknowledge her as well. So oh, it was yeah. it was a yeah. lot. What's interesting is that if you go back from before that deck, uh, the inspirations that created that deck are really, really, really fascinating. One of the points in my notes from my history classes on the tarot is there was a card called the Papis. The word papal is Catholic, it means the Pope. But of course, at that period, there no women were allowed in that area of things at all. To have that card created, it's like, why? Because there there was no female popes. So later on, they were able to discern that what they were trying to pull through was the high priestess card or the female spiritual aspect of things, the goddess, the, the empress. You know. oh. And eventually as that that deck was made, they were divided. There was the spiritual aspect of feminine and then there was the more earth mother aspect. And so they were created into the high priestess and the empress. And that's the reason why you see those two separate and why they have very separate meanings in the tarot. To read back farther into in the tarot creation is really, really fascinating. How those cards were created, where those inspirations came from. It's really important to know that. Because you're you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of years of history when you look at tarot decks.
0: Yeah, so, I think it yeah. was in, was it in Margaret Starbird's The Woman with the Alabaster Jar, mm-hmm. which was an examination of Mary Magdalene. Margaret Starbird is yeah. a Catholic historian, and she followed the story of Mary Magdalene and, and how she evolved. And I think it was in her book, or maybe it was a Carol Christ book in which she shows that the major arcana... It's a spiritual journey, and it's talking about the grail, which is, depending on your interpretation of it, it's either the vessel that held the the blood of Christ, or it would be Mary Magdalene who carried the blood of Christ in the children, or Yeshua and yeah. in the children they had. I actually have a deck called the Holy Grail, and that one's interesting in that it uses different monarchies in it. So we've got a card with Princess Diana and Prince Charles and the Merovingians and these other historic aristocrats, I guess you could say. It's fascinating to see that that's part of the story of the cards is that if you look at them in order they do tell that story and then the ones that we call the minor arcana the suits those are similar to playing cards and as you've said you when you get bored you use playing cards yeah and that would would that rely more on like the numerology aspect of it because i know with tarot decks and oracle cards you have a lot of imagery that prompts the interpretation that can send you off into these these flights of Oh, this is what I see. And that's what I see, the interpretation. You know what? I don't want to focus on playing cards. (laughs) Just forget that question. How to use the tarot cards. I know there are a lot of, a variety of spreads. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll do a one card poll, or if I was doing a gig, if I was at an event, I do a five card poll and read it like a story. Then there's the Celtic cross, which is a pretty basic, very well known uh, spread. But then, you know, because it's got the one in the middle, which is supposed to be the person who's asking the question, the one crossing them. Then there's the foundation, which is below. <sighs> See, I'm just talking about where they're placed. There's one below, there's one to the left, one above, one to the right. And then there's four up the sides. And it's the four up the sides that all had meanings that were important. And I could never remember what order. So I pretty much just ditched that and went to my five card spread. There's a book though by Caitlin Matthews, it's called Tarot Games. That one is really fun. Mm-hmm. So the the spreads, do you use spreads
1: in your reading? You do. I do. Um, I'm for just for basic readings for clients. I do the the Celtic cross mostly because it's when I when I get uh, reading requests, it's because the person does need to know about something. And so I'm, I'm more interested in using the tarot as a way of finding out the answer to their problem and helping them get it, get, get the best possible tools they can to move forward with solving their problem. So, um, insofar as different spreads go, um, the use I find for those is, actually more seasonal. Um, one of the things that I've taught people is that the, the tarot can be used for all kinds of things. And one of the things I've used them for is to let me know what's going on at different times during the year. Um, you can do a, a major reading at the beginning of the year, yep. which is one card for each month of that year. Um, and I do do that and it's I take it very seriously because my work is not only personal, but global. Uh, as a high priestess, I work with the, the great mother Gaia and what she, what's going on with her in so far as it reflects to the planet and the people upon it. So this reading will give me an insight as to what's going to happen in the year ahead. Um, so that spread is very important to me. Um, I also do a personal spread that gives you an insight as to what you you are going to try to manifest for the year. That's also done at the beginning of the year. But each season as it goes by is marks a different point in your path of manifestation for that year. So it's important to do a reading at each season um, to find out where you're at um, and what's going to happen next. And each one of those spreads can be pretty specific um, because each each season is about what you're gonna do. Like the spring is how I'm going to um, plant my seeds for what I'm gonna do for the year. The summer is, you know, how are those seeds growing? How are my plants growing? How are my plans growing? What, what am I doing? Um, and 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 is it coming to a good peak for me, which is about what the summer is about? Um, when you hit around the summer solstice, which is where we're coming, you know, yeah. you, it's a good time to look. June is a really good time to look back on the last six months and go, "Yeah, what yeah. did I start in January?" and and how's it going? How's it going? Yeah. Well, so, I don't.
0: I don't think there's a bad time to do a reading. Yeah. But there are. Was it? propitious times is that the word yeah Um, yeah okay there are some very propitious so so some good times so during an astrological event whether it's a solstice Mm -hmm. equinox eclipses I wouldn't even I don't know about that why not full moon new moon I mean you can do a reading pretty much any time, but it's having an intention yes when you're yes yes. so that's your question you're asking a question or you've got that intention of what it is you want to know or you can be specific and say, What do I need to know about this particular thing? Um, are all the answers written in stone? Of course not. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I, I'm asking just because somebody's going to want to know. It's like, No, they're not. Yeah. In, because yeah. quantum mechanics or free
1: will, you know, it's that. Or this. it's already happened, you know. Um, and and, and, you know, when you say that, I had somebody say, well, if it's already happened, of course, it's written in stone. Well, if it's already happened, what what's to say you can't, are you getting a second chance to do it differently? Yeah. And there's also, I stopped them in stuff. their tracks there. Cause it's like, what, well, why is this come around again? You know? So really to look at, look at life as you're living in is more like layers of an onion as they're being peeled off the onion i'm not a cook but i try really hard to get into the symbolism people tell me they cook they're like mary layers onion layers come off in a spiral and i'm like oh cool that's a good symbolism for my readings <laughs> that's how i operate um <laughs> that's good but yeah. that but really that's how it is it's like you, you just come back come back come back Review, 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 you know, live li- live life. Oh, I'm back at that again. Oh, look at where I'm at on that now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and
0: also you can look yeah. at other people's perspectives. You can have the same yes. event. Yeah. Yeah. How many, how many episodes have been written around? How what is it, their Dick Van Dyke episode where the goldfish are talking <laughs> and then they recount, this is Laura's point of view, there's Rob's point of view and the fish said, well, this is how we saw it and and so it's all about a question of perspective and I think the cards not only give you an alternative perspective, they do give you a perspective on different things. Frequently, I hear people going, oh,
1: I hadn't thought of it that way. So it that's why a, that's why it's important not to live in a bubble and it's yeah. really good to to seek seek the counsel of others at times not because you gotta you gotta do what they want you to do that's why i tell people it's not written it's, don't, it's like don't leave my table and go do what i what my reading just told you to do yeah like, look at my reading and go huh okay you've given me a lot to think about when yes. somebody yes. says that to me i'm really happy yes because yeah. that means that they're going to get up from the table. They're going to use their free will, their freedom of choice. They're going to go out there and they're going to go, okay, I liked what she said about that. That other part was kind of BS. I don't think I dig that, you know, but I'm going to do this. That that sounds good. Or at least try. Let's see how it works.
0: Yeah, take what resonates and check the rest. I have that Please. attitude about yes.
1: Yeah, I'm not reading. I'm not attached to it. I don't. I don't need. I, I'm not your guru. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Oh awesome. my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel that way about so many other things. That's how I develop my belief system. Yes. What gets me out of bed and makes me a better person. It's like a little bit of that, bunch of that. Yeah, we'll take a little bit of that. Um, so let's see what else about Tarot because we're almost at a point where I could go. You know, we could pause this and start up again with the second
1: portion um what else about tarot um well i would say it also can be used for uh, manifestation work it isn't oh my just, god yeah <laughs> it isn't just for isn't just for divination breakfast anymore <laughs> no i just it, it's i i'm i'm working on some stuff now to flesh out and do a class about using the tarot to manifest what you want in your life sounds really flashy <laughs> but i really it's simple you know it's it's using that tool to get what you want or at least try you know shoot for the moon settle for the stars i guess Well, yeah, but, people are very focused on
0: manifesting things or yeah. getting the abundance i know there was a whole bunch of this um yeah When I first walked into this, to this world, there was like, how can I get rich? How can I fall in love? And and manifesting has been a real selling point for a bunch of this, but it's not so much as this is what I want and wait for it. Manifesting is a two-way street. You've got to show what you want and then accept and be grateful and, and all that. So how would tarot cards, how would tarot fit into that? Just a real light, easy description of what your philosophy is. You don't have to tell us the whole course right here. But how does Tarot um, function as a,
1: as a tool for manifestation? Um, well, it can give you a more specific idea as to what you want to do. Because a lot of times it's easy to just say, I want money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um let's get here's a little a bit bug. don't yeah, yeah. here's you a buck dollar, dollar bill i mean let's yeah. why when where what what's going on you know and and it, it's important to do those things because otherwise if you do a manifestation spell somebody's going to hand you a dollar bill and you're going to be like great thanks so <laughs> that's the, the tarot is a really good way of getting very specific and rather artistic and creative, let's not forget those aspects Yeah. Um, into what you want to do with your life and what you want to manifest, you know.
0: Okay, so it can give you something to focus on. I know people pull cards daily. Exactly, um, yes. And so what do I yeah. need to focus on? We'd, okay, if I pull a card, a daily card, and, and with my intention set of what do I need to know today to uh-huh. manifest my my ideal job or to manifest money or to manifest, or, or I could do something probably more general is what do I need to focus on to manifest my ideal
1: divinely aligned life? Or you could just ask the question, how am I doing on my manifestation? Oh. Because you've, you've put it out. You, you've, you've said, this is what I want. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can be specific with you and tell you, I have, I have, A land parcel. I I own land and I really need it to sell. It's been sitting for about 10 years now. And so I do work with that. And so pulling a card every once in a while will tell me, where am I at with that? What's going on with that? I can you could speak it. You could say, Spirit, tell me where am I at with this manifestation, with this work that I'm trying to get done, and pull the card out and that will give you a really good idea of. Oh, okay, you know. And it also, <laughs> it also forces you to study the tarot, because True. If you pull a card out and you don't know what that card means. You have to go to the book and read about it. You know? <laughs> and lo and behold, two years later, you know a lot more about the tarot than you thought. Yeah. You know, and that there, there's another tool in your toolbox.
0: Right. It's, it's like cool. a staff meeting with your spirit team. <laughs> Exactly. It's, so,
1: it's, okay. How much okay. life teaches you? Hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> so, okay.
0: So, you're this prompted the question pulling a card a day, you know, whether it's in order, it's just whatever. There yeah. is a whole lot of ooh fear around Tarot because of the death card and the devil. Now, I can see where some people would think that, but the death card for me is about transformation. And the devil card is things that are holding
1: you back, what fears you have. But see, you know that from studying the tarot, and you also know from your spiritual life and your spiritual awakening, the people that are afraid of those cards don't have those advantages. They don't know those things. And that's where it's important to be a little bit more grounded and compassionate and understanding and know that so many people still are coming from a, a... an asleep place. I'll be nice to say that an asleep place of fear from what they were brought up with and what they were taught, which they can choose to continue to believe they can leave your table and continue with their beliefs. I'm not here to change their beliefs. I'm just here to maybe help them to consider something else. That's it. Yeah. And so, yes, um it and you know to to jump back to the the history of the tarot there is a reason why the devil card and the and the death card are feared they were pulled from many decks 800 900 years ago because they um threatened the 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 patriarchal structure of of the religion at the time which was primarily catholic um you know people people didn't they didn't want those cards showing up in their readings because it would not, let's see how to explain it. It would not stop them from, they they would continue their fear, <clears throat> but it wouldn't be about what the church wanted them to be afraid of. <laughs> it would be more about what, they were afraid of and so then you start that slippery slope of I can create my own reality I might not need the church I might not need the priests you know you see where I'm going with this so just to take them out out of the deck completely then it stopped the person thinking on their own yeah you know and and that's that's I found that wildly fascinating and like really really deep because wow this is how deep the control mechanism is and how long it's been indoctrinated into us yeah it's i did i did not know that i mean that's why it's really important to be really sensitive to people that say i'm afraid of the death card i'm afraid of of the devil card Yeah, they're they're coming from a deeper place that they don't even know about most of the time. It isn't just about church on Sunday. Um, And they may think so. They may think so, but trust me, it goes way deeper than that. It's about control. So, So, yeah.
0: So, yeah, and I can see where the death card and the devil card, those are things that people have been brought up to fear.
1: We've all been brought up to fear death.
0: Okay. And then the church yeah. comes in and says, oh, but there's something so much better. You're, you're the devil tempts you all through your life. Okay. So this is now making very much sense to me. Um, it's about attachment. It's both of those cards are about attachment. attachments. Yeah. yeah. But if you're looking at it superficially, mm-hmm you can see like you're brought up to understand that the devil is evil and that you're evil if you talk to the devil and it's like actually it's really kind of interesting (laughs) I think it's deeply misunderstood and death is the transition you can ask any medium who talks to dead people it's like yeah no we just move on we're good you know we can talk to them look there's your grandfather woo woo
1: um but see that's liberating Yeah. Whereas the, the, the religions don't want you to feel liberated. So if you continue to fear, fear death, then they have more of a control over you than you do of yourself. Yeah. So, and this is, this is where I'm talking about how these systems are helping the times change. We're changing. We're waking up and realizing the things that we feared are not things that we need to fear. And man, if you want to scare an establishment really quick, that's a good way to do it because that means that their control, they're all over you is starting yeah. to come
0: Yeah, I I see what's coming up now as people are beginning to say, no, I don't want to get paid a pittance to do things to, and have people yell at me all the time.
1: Oh yeah, you know? yeah, This that's just the beginning. Divination practitioners over the centuries have been silenced, jailed, killed imprisoned because we are the gateway drug to freedom yeah we, we will tell you again and again and again that you don't need to fear the establishments that are trying to hold you down no, and if, you look into you, if you read your history that's yep again and again and again and again so and i find a you and i reader, susie knew the job when we was dangerous when we took it right
0: and yeah we're both sitting over in the corner going yes <laughs> yes damn damn i get to stir that pot again Woo. i think any reader word worth their salt is going to give you information that will empower you that will empower i hope you. so yeah that's well that's my goal as a reader and that's probably why i talk to you because we share that value there yeah the people i know are working to empower everyone else um i'm i'm happy to share my knowledge about the things i know i just that encourages me to keep learning new things, so I can go, oh look, this is what I just learned. This is so cool, and and that sort of thing. Because if one gets complacent, that's where that's where we get arrogant and cocky, and we and and what was it? Stagnation. Jessica Martin said stagnation is poison. Yep. So we get, and it's the complacency part that I'm just like, no, I don't always have to be on tenterhooks, but I can go, wow, what do we have going today and, and
1: embrace it. So I had a fun. friend tell me recently comfort is a nice place to visit, yeah, but don't live there because once you get too comfortable, then you stop. Yeah. And that's, that's a lesson that I've been learning because I did earn my comfort through a lot of stuff I've just been through in the last 10 years. I did earn my comfort, but now it's time to move out of that comfort zone again and try something else, move me forward. Yeah. You know, otherwise, why am I here? Yeah. It's about growth.
0: It's about learning the things we need. And I, I, what I appreciate about what we do as psychics is to, um, to see beyond what someone would call normal air quotes included. Yeah. But I, normal. I like the meme. Normal is just a setting on your dryer, honey. <laughs> it's just, what is normal? We're going into a new normal. We're trying mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, like those scenes in the dystopian movies where people are stepping out into the sun and all that stuff. We're beginning to do that again. And, mm-hmm. and I think that having some sort of external focus that, say, a tarot card can provide you um, is a great Uh, signpost it's a great way to to give to ground you in something for that day Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so we're going to do this to where I want to get your final thoughts on tarot and then we're going to do uh the outro you know you talk about yourself and I'm going to pause I'm going to stop the recording then start it again and we could talk about other divination tools because we've got you know almost an hour (laughs) okay so okay so um okay so tarot I you know, I know both of us could speak for hours about Tarot and then pulling out the whole 942 decks we all own. <laughs> we did that. Oh, my God. At the end of one of the events, one of the practitioners was saying, here, I have my new deck, and I think this one is mine. And then Wyatt Larson pulls out his deck, and I pull out my decks, and we're still, like writing down decks. And Joe, my husband commented, it's like, Zoom didn't shut you down for all those deck picks y'all showed? Uh, boom really deck it'll do that deck picks I change it to dick picks it was play on that <laughs> okay never mind not including it <laughs> uh no i wouldn't <laughs> see now i can edit it to where you laugh hysterically after i said
1: that <laughs> <laughs> So this is is it really all about the dick jokes yeah. <laughs> okay it was
0: exactly what it was i thought it was hysterical and i told Wyatt Wyatt got it okay. and Galactic Ashley didn't okay never mind it makes sense okay so okay So we have enough here about Tarot itself and we're going to have a second episode about other forms of divination because it is just a really expansive and fascinating topics for people who want for, I mean, you were talking about back in the prehistoric days, you know, looking at the fire and people seeing stuff. So this is something wanting to know what's in store for us or gaining insight into, into a different, into any situations or you know, the king or, or monarch who wants to know if he's going to win or if he needs to be packing his bag or whatever. Um, so wanting to know what's going to happen is just, is, is innate to our, our makeup. We want to know that part of the story. I am notorious for reading the last chapter, um, but it doesn't, for me, it doesn't spoil the journey because I like getting there as much as knowing how it's going to end. Um, so divination we're going to talk about some more other kinds of divination next time but um, do you have any final thoughts on tarot
1: anything you want to wind up with Hmm. probably just to always remember to use your discernment in a reading um, whether you're doing it for yourself or for getting a reading from someone else that it's you know it, the The reading itself, like so many other readings, is is being filtered through the reader's ego, and and or and or your ego, and so you're you are going to have a tendency to see what you want to see and hear what you want to hear, um, and it's important to t- develop a sense of hearing what you don't want to hear, or maybe those things that just pop in that go, huh, what? Oh, that's interesting. That's novel. I wouldn't have thought of that because those are the things, those are the juicy bits that you want to pay attention to. And it's hard for spirit to get that stuff through your ego because your ego wants to control everything and tell you what You want to hear, you know, so, so practice discernment always in these, you know, with Tarot, because it's, it, it can be beautiful and it can be quite brutal and specific, but it can also be pretty general umbrella topic stuff. and, And it's up to you really in the end to decide what's meaningful for you that you know the reader can talk forever and ever and ever but it's it's really about what what you need yeah in the end value about you so yeah and it's a tool
0: yes it's a tool yes. it's a means it's by a which you can focus on an issue and it'll give you clarity or
1: mm-hmm.
0: or it can give you direction and i love the idea that you know looking at your cards is a staff meeting with your spirit team but i think i'm a riot
1: <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely
0: okay so thanks so much we're gonna talk about in the next episode we'll talk about other forms of divination um so i am so grateful you're here and um let's get your yeah yeah so this has been Susie with blue lightning healing meditations with my friend mary mackenzie of the miniature witch um how can we get a
1: hold of you again please ma'am Uh, Best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram at Miniature Witch. That's Miniature Witch, W-I-T-C-H-E. And my website, there's a link to my website on my page. um, That will let you know everything that I can do for you. So, and I do have a Facebook page also, so.
0: And you do online readings. Will you ever be doing in-person readings or anytime soon? Yes
1: yes actually um if there's anyone that's listening to this that is familiar with the emerald spiral event that happens in kent i will be doing their september event um, in person i'm going back to doing that um i felt safe enough to do that that september will be uh the time to be doing that so um so i will be there in september Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And
0: until next time, blessings.